It gets better, ordered another round. 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 It gets better, or it gets better. It's about to go down. What's going on? This is TJ Barnes. Now I got my man Jody Coleman. This is the Yo Pass the Sticks podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good, man. Excited for this episode. <laughs> good, 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 man. I don't know about you. Today kind of started off kind of rough for me. Uh, I, I lost in Madden, which is like a rarity for me. <laughs> and But I ended up getting it back. because So I have like this Madden group, right? And friends that I, uh, former teammates and stuff, and other friends that were put in the group chat and that would become like the really good friends. And so I was playing... Um, I was at, I was at work just BSing and stuff, and I got a hit from one of my boys and stuff. Oh, log on or whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. So now, mind you, I only take one person out of the group of six seriously. Like, I got o- Onu, Harold, and um, Onu, Harold, and Deshaun. I give about fifty percent of my energy, whatever, because I that's good enough to beat them. And then I have Mario and DJ, and I give them about a good 75%. And 25% of me just BSing all the time, and that's good enough to beat them. And the other guy, Brandon, I give like about 90 to 100% because we both play ball, so I know he knows what I know, and I know what he knows. So, And he's a really good gamer, and I'm a really good gamer, so I have to, I have to really be focused on that one. So last night I was playing um, DJ, and so – this is a guy I'm giving 75%, about 60, 75%. And so I like, when I mean that, I say I'm going forward on like fourth and 30 in my, on my own 10. I'm doing like running the same formations all the time. Just, do, just doing dumb stuff that you don't do in football. And so he beats me two, two, a couple of times and stuff. And I'm just taking it because I'm actually practicing for the league game that I have today, actually. And so um, – and so we're playing, we're playing another game, and it's getting like really bad. I think it was like twenty four zero at one point. I'm like I said, I'm just bsing, and then I hear my phone just buzzing like. I have like the Power Rangers text tone, so it's like, and I keep seeing Brandon hit the group chat. Now, mind you, Brandon and DJ are they're they're brother 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 in law or whatnot. That's how that's how that's their relationship. So I look at the chat and Brandon, he's he sent the gift like like knock like the referee in the box and he's like knockout. It's a knockout. Or whatever. I'm like, oh, oh, they they they're trying to go in on me. And then DJ hits the chat, um, saying he's some saying something something like soft like Charmin, whatever. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, okay, y'all y'all wanna go it? I'm like, bet. And as soon as I said bet. <laughs> I threw an interception. I, threw, I think I threw a pick six. I'm like, oh, man. And then they start roasting me in the chat. I'm like, all right, cool. Bet, bet, bet. So we run it back. I beat them and stuff. And I had, I had to beat them. I'm like, there was no way that I was going to be able to sleep today without giving him an L to tuck himself in. But, yeah, it started, it started, it started off kind of rough, but it's starting to pick back up for me. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I, I was I was a Madden. This is my first year I ain't played Madden since Madden came out. And I, I, I was a dog in that Madden, so I might have to go get it and jump in y'all league and show y'all things too, man. Tell you. Man, I'm telling you, it's the video games have been like a stress reliever for me since I stopped playing. So I've been heavy on my games and things of that nature. So um 
on from football. So what do you think about um, – let's talk about basketball. What do you think about the James Harden trade? Because my thing was just like I, I, as a player, as a former player, I understand James Harden's frustration with Kyrie and stuff because I, I respect his decision to not get the vaccine or whatever. You do you. The thing is – I signed up to come here. I'm sacrificing whatever I'm doing to win a championship. And now, being that we haven't done that, I'm looking like a fool for looking like a fool from doing the things that I did to get out of Houston to come here and it not end out in a championship. So I understand the frustration from James Harden for him to be like, man, I, I ain't trying to do this. We don't have no role players. We don't have no depth. Or anything like that. So it's all on me, Kyrie, who's a halftime player right now, and KD, who's injured for the next couple weeks and stuff. So I'm about to jump ship and peace out. So what do you think about this uh, colossal trade that happened before the deadline? Man, I'm going to go ahead. Let, let me speak on James Harden. Okay, go I, ahead. I'm looking at James Harden a little bit differently than you were looking at James Harden. Okay. The reason why, and I put this on the TikTok, and y'all can come check me out. Check out TJ on our TikTok. This is the reason why I changed my, my mindset is a little different with James Harden. He did the same thing in Houston. He had Houston. He was the king of Houston. He was mm-hmm. the king. They got him. They got him Westbrook. They got him Paul. Uh, they let him take whatever shots he wanted to take. He was able to do whatever he wanted to do. Daryl Morey loved him in Houston. They let him do anything that he wanted to do. Right. He did not produce. They got him everything that he possibly could have wanted. Eric Gordon. Clint Capella, he had everything. P.J. Tucker, all those guys in Houston. And guess what? He didn't want to be there anymore. He got into it with, with, with Chris Paul, who was thriving in Phoenix. Evidently, I don't think Chris Paul was the problem. Right. Playoffs came around. Harden disappears in the playoffs because he, he's playing an iso ball and in the playoffs against a good team. And every time James Harden plays against a team that plays defense, he struggles. I don't care. He, he might feast on Sacramento, but when he plays a team that plays great help side defense and he can't get those fouls, he gets frustrated. Right. To me, he, he sounds like he's crying a little bit. That's just me. So he leaves He leaves Houston. Okay, that's cool. He gets out of Houston. He didn't do it professionally. He was out of shape. He uh, wasn't <laughs> playing good basketball. He knew it. He wasn't. He's a, he's a primetime scorer, and you leave knowing that you was going to get traded, but – you didn't get your body in, in basketball-ready condition. He goes to Brooklyn, okay? He goes to Brooklyn. They think just because we got Kyrie – remember, KD was injured when he got to, when he right. got to Brooklyn. So they knew it was going to be a year away. It has not even been one year in Brooklyn. And I get, I get, the, I get the Kyrie Irving situation, but that's, mm-hmm. that's not basketball. That's right. It, and nobody thought Colvin was going to come. So you come and you're putting up great numbers. You took the role of being a facilitator, so your scoring has went down, but your assists have went up. But you still want to among one of the top players when it came to turnovers. Okay. So let's not put it on anybody else. And if you can go back and I think it was a couple games, Jalen Rose said something about this, where the ball went in the backcourt against the court. I seen that. You like, seen that, right? Yes, yes, That's yes. Lack of effort. So you don't even, and then you let the dude get the ball and dunk it, and you act like, and nobody, and this is this is the key component. Steve Nash said not a word. It's no way that I, I'm a former, uh, you know, a high school coach or whatever, high school mm-hmm. ball player. I am not going to allow my player to get that effort and still be in the game. There's no way because guess what? The rest of the team is going to look like, man, you ain't even making him do it. I'm not doing it either. And see, the so, thing is, no, I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, I just wanted to make a little uh, 
interject real quick because a lot of people don't know, like we're coming to like professional athletes. Well, it doesn't it's not even professional athletes, high school, college, uh, pros. One thing that I've always heard on every level is the coach say, like, either you coaching it or you allowing it. And with that particular situation, it's like no matter how high profile the player is or how good the player is, if somebody is doing wrong or not giving effort or whatever, you have to interject yourself and like, all right, we, I'm not cutting it. That we that's not the standard that we set for ourselves to play. And me being an effort player, a player that had to, you know, be balls to the wall at hundred percent of the time because my draft status or my the money I was making wasn't going to validate me for to get a pass. So I was always giving effort and things of that nature. So just to see that was like really disappointing. I'm like, come on, Jane, you you make it making it basic you're you're making it easy to say like, all right, cool, he wants out. He's not doing the the little things that's gonna, you know, uh take a team to the next level to, you know, win a championship. That was if that was like uh What's the team I can say? If that was the Bucks, you see guys die on the floor doing this, doing the little things to, to make it known that hey, I'm I'm all in. You know, even if in the back of your mind you're like, man, I'm fuck this team, I'm out or whatever. You have to make it look like, fake it till you make it. Make it look like, hey, I'm all in. I'm doing this. Those are just rumors, trade rumors, things of that nature. But go ahead. I I didn't mean. I just wanted to uh, mention that real quick. Yeah, and 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 that that goes to show that that's what he was about. He's a very selfish player. And I mean, that's just what it boils down to because you got to think about it. They've never really played together. They played 16 games together, mm-hmm. meaning KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. They were 13-3 and three in those games. They averaged over 120 points. You knew KD was going to come back after the All-Star break, and then they're making mandates where Kyrie Irving was going to be able to play full-time. Mm-hmm. They, they, they already were saying it. So I think it was more, I think it was more that he just didn't want to be there because if they would have won a championship, would it have been because of him or would it have been because of KD? Right. So now you now here goes the trade. So now you get he goes to Philly. Philly had to mortgage their franchise like the Los Angeles Rams did. They gave up one of the best shooters in Steph Curry. You know, you need shooters in this league when you got, you got players. So when B loses a guy he can kick it out to and knock down 40. 42% from three-point line. So you lose him. You lose Drummond. Drummond was one of those guys. Now he becomes a person that can defend and beat in the playoffs. Right. Now, you can't – You could. that was one of the pieces that nobody's talking about. Drummond can get you 20 rebounds. He might not score a lot of points, but he can get you 20 rebounds. And when you have a guy like KD and Tyreek on your team, you know what I mean? You don't need a guy that's going to score a lot of points. You need, you need more possessions for those guys. Right, Philly, and then Philly had to give up a couple first round picks. Two of them, yep. So it, you get Ben Simmons, and I think once again, change the scenery makes everybody's mental capacity come back. So all of a sudden, he's not mentally sick anymore because he was mentally sick of Philadelphia. The man, you get a prime time top five, top three defender in the league, Ben Simmons, and he doesn't have to worry about handling the ball in, in the key situations in the fourth quarter because you got Kyrie and he got KD. So now he can be the third fiddle and it'd be okay with him. He can handle the ball when necessary. He can defend. He can score a little bit. He don't need to score more than 14, 15. He never was a guy that scored four, more than 14, 15, 16 points a game anyway. Mm-hmm. But defense, that perimeter defense, he can go guard James Harden. 
And you ain't got to worry about putting getting Kyrie or KD in foul trouble because you can put a prime time defender on. So, I feel I feel as like we're going to see a different Ben Simmons in um in Brooklyn because like I, I've watched his workouts, I've watched him play in like the uh, pickups and stuff, and like he's actually shooting the ball, scoring, doing things that we haven't seen him do in Philly. So I feel like you like you said it's going to be a breath of fresh air. I've experienced that when I left from um, Buffalo to go to back to Jacksonville, then go to Kansas City. Like, the back end of um, my tenure in Buffalo, I, I was miserable. And just I didn't want to be there. Just every day just really sucked. No matter how bright the day was or how good I did in practice, I just knew that my coaches didn't really want me there. So I was like, fuck it, why should I be here? And so once I got to back to – Jacksonville, then went to Kansas City. It was a breath of fresh air. I'm like, man, I'm back to playing again. I'm having fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm out, out just working on different type of things and stuff. And, oh, I'm going from, like, being a run stopper to a pass rusher and stuff and showing things that I was doing in practice, translating over into the game. Now, it didn't really uh, show up in the stat category, but just me just being an overall better player and freeing up, like, my linebackers and things of that nature, putting pressure on the quarterback and stuff. Like, the, the way I was playing from compared to how I was in Buffalo to Kansas City is like a total 180, and that's what I feel like is going to happen for Ben Simmons um, once he gets back into the rotation, get his uh, legs back under him and stuff. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to watch him now because I wasn't really a fan before because I'm like, bro, you're not what – are, what are you doing? Right. And being – and hopefully he's able to um, – uh, Show, not, I always say show up in those critical moments and stuff because we've seen the last, our last image of him was him, was, wasn't was it him passing the ball in a critical situation yeah, when he, he should have uh, laid it up? He could have laid it up against Atlanta, but but he's not going to have to worry about that because yeah. Kyrie and, and KD going to handle that. Don't worry about that. You know he, what I mean? Even if, like, even so, he, he has, he doesn't have that pressure to do it. And so even if it comes down to him doing that, I don't feel like he'd be, uh, as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I don't feel like it would be as I feel like he'd be able to make make that up versus it being like him being in a situation where it's just like all oh, this pressure is on him. Now it's like, all right, cool. I can take a deep breath. I'm like, all right, cool. I can make this layup. I don't I don't care about getting crit- criticized. To, oh, I have an open teammate pass the ball. You see what LeBron does all the time, even in the finals. Uh, was it two years ago? Everybody's telling him to take the shot, take the shot, take the shot. He drives, he kicks it out to a wide open arm player. I forget who it was, and they just bricked it. I'm like, it's the right basketball play. Yeah, Danny Green. It's the right basketball play, but everybody wants him to take the shot. Sometimes that's not the best thing to do, but I'm excited to see Ben Simmons in uh, in Brooklyn. I feel like they won the trade because they they don't have to deal with Harden and all his issues and things of that nature. Him Because a lot of people don't know, once you gain weight, and while playing, like, one thing, basketball, you have to be in shape all year round. It's, it's, unless you're, like, a young guy like Luka Doncic, who you just seen who started off the season, like, out of shape, and who's now just getting back into shape. And he was able to – what, he dropped, like, 55 the other night? Something like that? 51, 51. Yeah. And so you see that he's uh, – young guys can do that. But, like, older guys and stuff, like, you have to constantly be in shape. Well, and Go ahead. Well, see, I'm, I'm, I was a ball player. I played a little college ball. and Yeah. When you, as you get older, you know, we, we do pick up a little weight, but you become smarter. Now, 
you have your mind start playing. You, now you're doing back downs instead of being mm-hmm. athletic enough to go dunk the ball. You now you gotta you know depend on your jump shot, right? On your stop and pop. You gotta be a smarter ball player. So necessarily, yeah, you gotta be in shape. But as you get older, you have to get smarter along with that weight gain because sometimes there's no way that you can stop that weight gain. Or yeah, you, you know you lift the weights a little bit more because you want to be in the league. So yeah, yeah uh, foot, like you, foot, you can foot, put on different. good weight. But it's like, like when he left uh, Houston, he looked like he was eating, eating cheeseburgers all day. And if, like from someone who's dealt with like, like as big as I was, I was never out of shape. I was never like a guy that um, got fined because I was like I missed my weight or whatever. I was always in shape. And but when like when I picked up weight in like the off season when I was just chilling because I never got got into into football, started getting back in football shape until like after the Super Bowl. And so when I would start training, I remember uh, um, I was I just finished like a great season with Kansas City. I was getting I was right after the Super Bowl. I'm starting to train again. I was with Chuck Smith down in uh, Atlanta, and uh, I, well, I wasn't working with Chuck yet because we didn't start until he finished after the combine. And so um, I was working down at his at the facility that he works uh, trains at, and I'm I'm doing agility drills and stuff. And I picked up about about 15 pounds from like the end of the season and stuff. And I'm doing drills and stuff. I'm, I burst out. I feel like I'm popping my, uh, my calf. I'm like, the hell is that? Mm. And I'm walking and it's just like, my calf is like really sore. And I fucking pull the calf muscle. All right, cool. Let me shut it down for like a couple of weeks. I got, I got back right. Did a lot of intensive therapy and stuff. Came back, uh, at the beginning of March, started training again, boom, 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 boom. pulled the other one. And I was like, oh, oh. And, it, it, and it taught me that I need to constantly manage my weight correctly or I'll be, like, prone to injuries and stuff. And I started to see what, like, all the coaches or stuff were saying, like, all right, cool. When you start pick, picking up weight, you put yourself at risk or, like, different injuries and stuff because your body isn't used to carrying all this stuff. So it has to, like, figure out how, how am I going to do all these movements and stuff, all these explosive movements at this new weight. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why James Harden has been like hurt a lot lately and things of that nature. And it's because of that weight gain that your body is not used to doing it. Not saying, I'm not saying you have to be look, look like uh Giannis or anything like that, but you have to constantly keep yourself in shape. So you're used to, you know, running and things of that nature, doing all these explosive movements. Even if you, even if you're as your athletic ability, you know, decreases. You you seen what Kobe started doing? Like he was always in shape. All right, cool. Like you said, backing down. Oh, turn around, jump shot. Boom. Turn around, fade away. Boom. You know, just just stuff like that. Stuff you can add to your game. But I always want to constantly be in shape. Definitely. But mm. out of that, out of that trade, I, I would say I'm gonna agree with you. I think Brooklyn. But we won't know until they actually play. But right. the trade, the player that really surprised me out of all the trades that was made, the most it seemed like. Just seemed like the right move was Karis LeVert going to mm-hmm. Cleveland. I think that was the best move out of – to me, that was the best move out of this trade deadline was Karis mm-hmm. LeVert going to Cleveland because it seemed like he fit like a he fit like a glove in Cleveland. Like, it's right. like you know, he's come in, he can be that scorer. That team has a lot of good young energy, and it don't look like they have any egos. And he's one of, player, one of those players that doesn't have an ego, and he can give you 20 points. And, and on any given night, he can give you 30 or 40. So okay. I, li- I like that move for Cleveland getting Karis LeBron. I think that was the most underrated but the best move of this uh, trade deadline. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely like that. I feel as though 
the potential for Ben Simmons and what his ceiling has, I feel like that's the I'm, – I'm just really excited for him because I, I know how it is being in a place that you're not wanted and people just talking bad about you and you're just like, man, I, I really don't want to be here and stuff. So looking forward, looking forward to it. So, but let's get, on, let's get on to the best sport in the world, football, the Super Absolutely. Bowl, the, the mecca of the season is tomorrow. So how how you feeling, man? Well, man, it, as, it, as a Browns fan, let everybody know you're 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 yeah, Browns uh, fan. Yeah, you see every, you see. <laughs> everybody listening, man. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm a Browns fan and been a fan since '84. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen some days. I've seen the fumble. I've seen the drive. Uh, I've seen us not even have a football team. Uh, I've seen the one in fifteen and the zero in sixteen. To where we are now, so trust me, I didn't seen it all. I'm not like the older guys that seen Jim Brown or anything like that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen enough to know that I'm very upset that the Bengals are in there before us. I'm gonna go ahead and put it. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it because uh, nobody, nobody's seen, nobody's seen this, especially like with the beginning of the season. You had all this talent on Cleveland and stuff. You had Odell. You had. Uh, a burner and Swartz. You got a really good defense. You got two elite backs. You got a really good offensive line and a quarterback who's coming off a really good season. I didn't see that, see them not making the playoffs or, you know, I mean, I, and I understand injuries happen. Um, those play like a really big factor, but I did not see them not making the playoffs and, and then the Bengals in the Super Bowl. If anybody said that they knew the Bengals going to go to the Super Bowl, I want to get them drug tested because they have to be high on PCP or something like that. Right. But, I mean, but for them to be there, I do want to honor them because mm-hmm. they, did it, they did it the right way. And what I mean by the right way, and it's according to me, like, I mean, other people may be like, oh, Jody, you have no idea what you're talking about. That's cool. I'm saying the right way, but I like to see teams build through the draft. Like like you said, we mm-hmm. both are Madden players and probably play mm-hmm. Madden stages. You don't want – you hate to see people that, – that one guy that trades everybody – yeah, super, super team, and, and and that's that. We'll talk about the Rams in a minute, but like the Bengals, they hit on Burrow, you know, Joe Shiesty, man. They hit on mm-hmm. that. You got to give them credit for that. They they hit on Mixon, they hit on T Higgins, they definitely hit on, on Jamar Chase, they hit on Tyler Boyd. These are all people that they they hit on Jesse Bates. These are mm-hmm. guys that they drafted, you know. Right. What I mean? And it's, it's refreshing to see an organization that was always known as the Bungles. And their front office <laughs> didn't want to ever, like, put any money into their scouting department. And for them to hit, like, the last three to four or five years, they've been hitting. Like, mm-hmm. on every draft pick, they hitting. And now it's paying big dividends because now they're in Los Angeles about to compete for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely like them. I've always liked Joe Burrow ever since watching him at LSU. And I wasn't big on Chase in the beginning because, I, mind you, I loved everything they did at LSU. And then he had a uh, issue with the drops and stuff, and not a lot of people thought he was going to pick up. And me, I'm like, man, it's, it's not looking good. But in the back of my mind, I understand. I'm understanding like, right, he hasn't played football in a year, so it's going to take some time for him to, you know, really pick up and stuff. But I, like everything they've done, like you said, is organically. They remind me of the, I would say, who, I would say like the Bucks. Just building through the draft yeah. and just um, um, bringing maybe a couple free agents and stuff, but just did it organically. Didn't bring in like any mega players or anything like that. So it's going to be like a, a really interesting game tomorrow. So let's let's hit on some X factors. You you played Madden, so you know what the X factor is, and you know those are the, the key players that are going to impact this game. So give me a couple of X factors who you believe are going to like be 
the reason why they win. And I know mine's are just going to be like mind blowing, but I want to hear your hear yours first. Well, my 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 X factors on on the, the Bengal team first is is the first one, and people need to really pay attention. This guy Trey Hendrickson. Okay. Trey Hendrickson, hey, this man had like 14 sacks on the season. He, he he picked up on the season he had from New Orleans. So when they got him from New Orleans and brought him in as a free agent, listen, man, this guy is going to bring the pressure on Matthew Stafford. He's going against the older uh, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. Andrew Whitworth is 40 years old. He play, He's a phenomenal left tackle. But I think Trey Hendrickson is going to give him all he's looking for. So yeah. That's my S factor. And then the other X factor is Jesse Bates in that secondary. Jesse Bates is starting to remind me a lot of uh, Adrian Wilson, where he's playing. You know, remember Adrian Wilson for Arizona? Yeah. You know, man, that guy could play in the box. He was good in coverage, and he's starting to remind me a lot of him. And he's going to be the guy that's going to have to roam the middle. He's going to have to. He's going to have to tattoo Odell Beckham and, and Cooper Cup a couple times. Yeah. He's going to have to tattoo him and just let him know he's here. But that's my X factor defensively, offensively. The, the X factor for the Bengals is it is always going to have to be it's going to have to be T Higgins in this game because you know the coverage is going to be rolled to Jamar Chase side. Right, agreed. So T Higgins going to have to have about six catches over 100 yards and maybe a touchdown. He's going to be my X factor on the on their offense. On the Rams side of the ball defensively, the X factor for me is going to be Von Miller. They brought him in for him to. This is what they brought him in for. You know, I, I know you're a D lineman, so you know mm-hmm. all, you know all about pass rushing and getting to that quarterback. And Von Miller is gonna have to show why he was the MVP of the Super Bowl a few years ago in Denver. That's what they brought him in for. Um, and the, in the secondary, it's gonna be an unsung guy. And I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, Long Junior. He, he okay. Got, he got the interception against Arizona. Uh, when I don't know what the, I don't know what Kyler Murray was doing. He just, <laughs> <going like that. laughs> He just, he just threw it up. I don't know what he was doing, but he's going to be a guy that's going to really get a lot of pressure with those Cincinnati wide receivers. He's going to have to he's going to have to step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, it's going to be Cam Akers, man. Cam Akers has got to be the guy. He has to control the tempo. He can't put the ball on the ground. He cannot. Right. TJ, he cannot put that ball on the <laughs> ground. Man. He, he put that ball on the ground against. He almost lost the game for him against against Tampa Bay. Agreed. He cannot put that ball on the ground. He's going to have to get him. And Shoney Michelle are going to have to combine for at least 25 to 27 carries, and they're going to have to go over 100 yards, and they're going to have to average at least 4.5 to 4.8 yards a carry to keep Joe Shiesty on the sideline. So those are my X factors. All right, I'll start. It has to be Odell, and I say that because you, he has to be – like we've seen him at, in New York and at Cleveland and throughout these past six, seven weeks in the Rams. He has to be – I would say I play a step above that. Take away that. That. Um, I feel as though he has to take that next step up because I feel as though he's he's still an elite receiver. Receiver, and he's shown that in the past couple of weeks, and and in the playoffs, he's graded out from PFF as the number one rated receiver in the uh, in the league. And it's like, man, a lot of people in the Browns or all the media were saying that, oh, he, he's washed up, things of that nature. But he's shown that, hey, I can still play at that elite level. Now you're at the highest of highest, highest levels. Now it's time to um, show that again while you're still OBJ. Okay. And, on the, and on the Rams defense, 
I feel as though I feel as like the the everybody except Ramsey in the secondary has to step up because of course he he can take away anybody he lines up whether it's Chase Higgins, uh, who who um I forget the other guy Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, um, he can take one of those guys away. So and Joe Shiesty can choose not to throw it to his direction. So everybody else in the secondary has to step up and play to the standard of the Rams defense because we know what AD is going to do. We know what Von Miller is going to do, Leonard Floyd, things of that nature. We know what that defense line is going to do. So everybody else in that secondary and that back end has to step up and um, play to play to – not saying you have to play at an elite level. You have to, just have to play good key on your assignments, things of that nature. Just play within the defense and stuff. And on since he – oh, I'm going to go back to the Rams real quick. And I feel like another X factor has to be the head coach, man. You can't – you have to learn from your previous lesson that mm-hmm. Bill Belichick schooled you on, not letting – not dictating game – not dictating game. Oh, I'm just going to come out here and just air the ball out, do all these things and stuff. Know how the game is going. Know, all right, cool. Sonny Michelle, the running backs and stuff need about 25 carries or whatever because it seems like we're getting about five carries a pop. Learn from what – Andy Reid didn't do versus the Bengals. You see that uh, McKinnon, Jet McKinnon, was getting five point three yards a carry. Keep running the ball. Yeah. There's no need to show how good you are offensively, uh, McVay. Everybody, we've seen that throughout the season. You're a really good offensive coordinator. You can call plays. You can do this and that. You get all the tools. You got the Lambo, uh, Lambo wide receivers and stuff. You got a really good running back and things. You got you you got the guys, but the game t- dictates you running the ball. Run the ball. Don't get too fancy. Don't be like Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl versus the Patriots. Oh, we need to get Matt uh, Matt Ryan the MVP. No, you you already got the regular season MVP. Let's Mm -hmm. let's win the game. But going to the Bengals, I I feel like you might laugh at this one. But offensively, I feel like the X factor has to be the offensive line. We've been talking bad about them. The media has been talking bad about them. They've been playing. They and they've been deserving of that criticism. Time to just throw it all in the window. You, this is the last game of the season. And I understand that um, Joe Shiesty hasn't broken yet, but if you constantly, constantly, constantly getting hit by 300-pounders, you got all these guys coming on your neck, it's going to rush your throws, and it's, gonna, it's a, a turnover waiting to happen. So these guys have to step up. Be the Willie Anderson at left tackle, be those hogs that Joe Sykeson needs you to play because it's only one game and you can do anything one time. Um, and like, not saying that Aaron Donald isn't good, Von Miller isn't good, and things of that nature. The head coach has to be able to, you see what your offensive line is and you see how bad they've been playing. Let's develop a scheme around them, jailbreak screens. Uh, things of that nature to take the pressure out of them for having to block so long. Don't put um, Joe Shiesty under center. Put him on uh, the shot, shotgun so he can see everything. So it, so they don't have to hold their passes or block for five seconds, six seconds because you're just but, waiting for. <laughs> Go ahead. But you, but you know, TJ, how, how many times that we've seen that? Oh, this offensive line is trash. Oh, the real defense line, and then you get the Super Bowl and they don't get one sack. You know, what right. <laughs> they don't get no pressure. We have seen that in numerous playoff games across, mm. you know, across the NFL over the course of history. Like what we think is going to happen, 
it'll it'll be completely the opposite. I mean, go right. back to the New England Patriots when they were eighteen and zero. They thought they were just gonna run up and down the field on the on the Giants. And, and see, the thing is, the, the Giants had them guys. They had Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, uh, OC, OC. OC. They had they had them guys on that D line, and that's what the uh, Rams have. So what they have to do is just be able to our right, cool. We're not gonna block these guys one on one. So let's develop a scheme in these in these past two weeks that doesn't have to have them holding up for so long. Because if you leave Aaron Donald one-on-one, you're asking for uh, Joe Sykes to be, end up on his back to get a, get hit. If you leave Von Miller, Lennon Ford, those guys are still good enough to beat guys one-on-one. And, like, I was watching them play the Rams uh, – not the Rams, the Bucks, and just, like, Von Miller can still bend. He can get around the edge mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So he, And so, like, they have to play – at an elite level, not even an elite level, a good level to keep them off of him so um, Joe can make his reads and things of that nature. And another one, Joe Shiesty. Like, I feel like don't let – he has to not let the moment get too big uh, – be too big of him. We've seen him play at an at a, uh, elite level in college in the big moments, and that has to carry over in, to this game. Because if we really look at the tape, He's played okay up to this point. Like he had a really he had a really good game versus the Raiders. But can you say he had a good game versus the Chiefs? Uh not really. But but he made enough plays. Made um, enough play. He didn't let what was happening around him, things that he couldn't control affect him. Did he have a good game versus the Titans? Eh, not mm-hmm. really. Not really. You can't really say like, oh, he just played like extremely well or whatever. I feel like he has to take a step up. And he's the um, and they're gonna need him to take a step up and play on an elite level. Be the guy that everybody's saying that you are. Oh, he's the next Tom Brady. He's this and that. He's the next up in line. Be that guy but, in this game. But you know that uh, Greeny said this on ESPN on on um on Get Up. He said Joe Shiesty has not lost a game that he was supposed to. You know, he he showed up at every game he was supposed to show up in. Mm-hmm. He made the plays when he was supposed to make. He has not lost a game that he was not, you know, that that meant something to the bench. Mm-hmm. He has not lost that game, and this is another game that we gonna see because I mean he has under he's what three and zero in the playoffs. I mean literally, <laughs> like who starts off their career three and zero in the playoffs? Uh, and your name is not Tom Brady, you know. So Tom Brady. Uh, so it's like I, I definitely agree. It's just like the, this is a, a different animal. This is a different beast with this Rams defensive line defense in general. So I feel like he has to – he can't play like he played versus Kansas City and Tennessee and expect them to win at all. Oh, yeah. But, so I feel like he has to step it up a little bit, and he's going to be the key X factor to, for this for this Bengals team to win. But let's, but let's talk about if the Rams don't win. That's, Ooh. If the Rams don't oh. win, TJ, talk to me. <laughs> what do you think if the Rams don't win – if the Rams don't win, <laughs> what does that mean for the okay. organization? What does that mean for the NFL and the copycat league that it is? All right. First, if Cincy doesn't win, then I feel like it's okay because it's a good Cinderella story. And like we said earlier in the show, they were built organically. So they still have all these guys in the contract and stuff. And so they can possibly run the tables again. And it depends on if they bolster that offensive line and if the Ravens come back and able to compete against them. But if the Rams don't win, yo, the Rams mortgage their whole future 
they traded away Jared Goff. They get brought in Jalen Ramsey. I think they gave up two first round picks for that. They did. Um, brought in Von Miller and all these other pieces and stuff. And it's like you, you traded. I don't believe they have a pick until maybe the third round. And they can people can fact check me on that. But it's like you have to cash in on this. This is this wasn't this isn't a team that's going to be good enough for second place or just getting to the playoffs or just making it. You have a you have a Super Bowl. You, you're in the Super Bowl. You're playing in your home stadium. You tr- mortgage your whole future away. And if you lose on the on the biggest of nights in your home stadium, it's like I don't want to hear nobody else saying that Matthew Stafford is elite or he deserves to be in uh, uh, in the Hall of Fame or uh, all this stuff. It was like he basically did the same thing in Detroit, but just strung you on, strung you on a little bit longer. I don't want to hear anything about Sean McVay and oh, he's a elite coach and thing like things like that because you've learned you, you got schooled in a Super Bowl that you were in before. And you didn't use that lesson that you got to apply it to this one. I don't want to hear. I don't 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 mention the LA Rams. They probably need to pick up and just move to Oakland, become like the the <laughs> the Raider, the new version of the Raiders or something, or just move out of California completely because it's like you have no excuses to not win this game by at least ten points. No excuses. And, and, that, <laughs> and, and that's how I feel. I feel like if the Rams don't win. Uh, Matthew Stafford, this Cinderella Matthew Stafford story is going to be because they call them the Detroit Rams. You, have you seen those shirts they've been making? The <laughs> nah. Yeah, they got the Detroit Rams shirt. Okay, a lot of people in Detroit you can't find them. They got the number nine, but it's like a split. Whatever, it's crazy. I, mm-hmm. I, and I'm a Detroit fan. I'm still pissed off. I'm not going to be cheering him on. Like we we, we got a team in Detroit right. to win. But anyway. And it's like, oh, before before you go, it's like you, you like in Detroit, you had Megatron, you had you know Reggie Bush, you had a decent team, you still weren't able to get over the hump. Okay, cool, we give you that pass, pass. But now you're in LA, you're in the brightest of lights, you're in, in your home stadium, you have all these weapons and stuff, and you don't get the job done. I don't want to hear, don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, don't want to hear. You have no excuses not to win this game at all. Like you have a young quarterback, a guy who was in his first year. Fully starting or whatever, you have a t- team full of I – I don't even like saying no names, but they don't have the names on defense that the Rams do. And so and you have probably one of the poorest offensive lines that's been in the in recent playoff history. So there is no excuses for this Ram team not to win. And if they don't, I'm done with them. Yeah, and, and that's – I mean, my thing is it, it's, it's, like, it's going to be like a parallel universe. If they win, then we're talking about – Matthew Stafford, all he needed was a new change of scenery. These are the stories. Yeah. If oh, oh my God, uh, Mc, uh, McVay is the second coming of Bill Belichick. He's such a mastermind. He's a Bill Walsh of to the modern era. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're gonna Odell Beckham. Oh my God, it's all he needed was a second chance. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Defensively, right. Von Miller, you know, got his second Super Bowl. Aaron Donald is the best defense. We're gonna start hearing Aaron Donald is the best defense player we ever seen. So though that's the parallel universe to if they lose and all of a sudden it's like uh, you wasted this pick on Von Miller. Uh, dang, we got Jalen Ramsey. He couldn't cover Jamar Chase. What mm. you bring him in for, here for? Uh, Matthew Stafford could have stayed in Detroit. McVeigh ain't as smart as he thought he was. You, you see what the, the headline is going to be yep. in this parallel, parallel universe of if they win or if they lose, it's going it's going to be a tremendous high and it's going to be a tremendous low. So if the Rams don't win, uh, I feel sorry for the, like you said, the whole city of Los Angeles. I mean, you can't have a better script written mm-hmm. for you. You got the quarterback. 
you got the coach, you got it at your home stadium, and for the second year in a row, you got the home team is is in the Super Bowl again. So, hey, you you like boxing? I love boxing. I feel like this is Mike Tyson versus Bugle, um, Buster Douglas. This is how it's set up. Nobody thinks that Buster Douglas has, has a chance to chance to win on one in a million odds, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the Bengals. So it's, a, it's a really good Cinderella story. Like you, you've done well throughout the playoffs and stuff. You, you got the guys, guys who are counted out and stuff, other places. And mind you, I knew um, who was it? You said Hendricks, uh, Tyler Hendricks, uh, Trey, whatever. Trey Trey, Trey, I knew he was a different breed when I see him play without gloves. It was like, yo, <laughs> defensive lineman don't do that. You're like, I, I, I want to make sure like my hands are still nice and stuff. They're not all cut up and stuff. I knew he was real. Every guy that I seen that doesn't play without gloves, they're they're a really good player. But, um. It's a really good Cinderella story in Buster Douglas and, and the Bengals. They have nothing to lose, but now you have Iron Mike. You have that well-built machine. You have a elite defense. You have elite players on offense. The guy who was supposed to be the MVP, Cooper Cup, uh, OBJ. You got Tyler Higby. You have Sonny Michelle. Good, uh, good offensive line. You have the guy that the the former first round pick that couldn't get it done in Detroit, but that, that has a fresh start. No excuses why you shouldn't win this game by at least ten. But you come in slouching around, you don't take the guy serious, and then pop 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 pop, knockout. That's what I feel like this game is set up to be: Tyson versus Buster Douglas. And I feel like the Bengals will take advantage of the Detroit, not Detroit, um, the Los Angeles Rams being too caught up in the moment. But hopefully the guy the guy that can possibly change all that is Aaron Donald. And I say that because I seen how disappointed he was in last year's playoffs and he was a shell of himself because he had like cracked ribs and stuff and he couldn't perform at the elite level that he could. And like you see him crying on the sideline. So you know it means something to him. You see him in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, them not being able to get it done and how disappointed he was. So I feel like he might be the game breaker that allows them to win this game. But if they don't, he's still still in the, uh, running for greatest player to ever play this game. I just don't want to hear anybody talking about Matthew Stafford for at least in the, until the next season. I, I, I don't want to – I'm going to go ahead with me being a Browns fan, and I'm an OBJ fan. I am because when mm-hmm. I, I thought before he came to Cleveland that he was arguably – him and Antonio Brown was neck and neck for the best receiver in the league. That was the right. But – for him to go there, I want to see him win because he, he, you know, he's a he's a he's a misunderstood individual. I would love to see him win, but if he loses, I, it's, it's going. I mean, I don't want I don't want nobody to be like, oh, I told you so. I don't. You I don't can't really you can't really, can't really can't really do that for him because like he's shown that you put him in a better situation versus a, and I don't even fully blame Baker for. His mishaps in Cleveland. Oh, I do. Because, I do. because yeah. like, and maybe you you pay more attention to the uh, Browns than I do. But like, when I watch the game stuff, like the play calling is just bad. And you as a, a OC, an offensive head coach, you look at like, all right, cool. I have uh, Juice. I have Swartz. I have um, OBJ. Let me let me find a way to get the the ball to you know OBJ. Like keep them like, all right, cool. They're gonna keep me. Involved in the game plan, a little smoke screen, let let him work one on one. We see you see what uh, Cincinnati did versus the Chiefs. Like they were doing a good job of taking away and stuff, and then they did a little smoke screen 
uh, to him, and Chase just rode down the sidelines for like 50 yards and stuff. You, you keep your main guys involved and like, all right, cool, they're going to give me the ball and stuff. But I don't believe that Cleveland's OC really wanted to keep him involved and stuff. Because, like, you look at the game plan that they had, not even the game plan, the type of offense they had um, when he was with the Vikings, because I think it was the OC of the Vikings before. Yeah. And you had, like, really good receivers and stuff and a really good running. Like, those guys weren't, like, like uh, just not getting the ball. So why did that carry over to here? And it didn't make sense to me. So I don't fully blame Baker. Like, he, he deserves his share of, uh, of the uh, blame. But ultimately, I give it to the head coach. But, like, even if, like, the Rams – go ahead. No, I was going to say, just – and Cleveland don't deserve to be on this podcast talking. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this with Cleveland, and I'm, I'm going to leave it shut. I agree with you on the play calling. I believe, uh, it's, it's the play calling and it's Baker. But if you see what, what they did in San Francisco with Debo Sanders, when we couldn't give him the ball, Debo, Debo Sanders, they started running the ball with him. Mm-hmm. And he became – I think with OBJ, that's what they should have did in Cleveland. If he, you, it, running – remember the game he played against Dallas? I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm I know what you're talking about. When, when he played against Dallas <laughs> – Oh, I, I don't fool with him no more. I don't fool with him no more. So, it's like it, but, it, don't, it don't pay me no more. But in Dallas, that game against Dallas was a microcosm of what we could have did with OBJ. Right, man, correct. When he ran it, he had a couple runs. He threw a touchdown pass in that game. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It was just – no, he caught a touchdown pass. I'm sorry. He caught a touchdown pass from Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. He caught a touchdown from Baker Mayfield. He ran the ball for a touchdown. And that was a microcosm of what I thought what they were going to start doing with him. And then after that game, and Cleveland just has the ability to whoever's hot to not get him the ball. But mm. we're not about to talk about Cleveland. On this <laughs> but, no, that's funny. But to wrap up, wrap up the show, we got our what kind of shit is that. I don't know if you have one. but I, I do. Okay. I do. Um, uh, mine is, uh, I, maybe it's probably the same, maybe it's not. But what kind of shit is that? And we've seen how Kyler Murray went out in the playoffs. Wasn't desirable. Wasn't the game that we thought that would happen and stuff. And he's not getting as much flack as – Lamar Jackson would, but that's not – or Dak Prescott would, but that's neither here or there. Nobody's really talking about how they flamed out in the playoffs and stuff because if that was Lamar, it would have been a totally different story, but yeah. it's all good. It's all good. But Kyler took off all of Arizona mentions or anything related to the Arizona Cardinals on his social media. And I was just like, man, what kind of shit is that? If, if you have a problem with your organization or the way it's being ran or whatever – it's not like you're an undrafted free agent or a guy who was barely on the squad, barely making the 53 or maybe 54 now. But you're not that guy. You have the the cachet to go talk to the own ownership, go talk to the head coach, go talk to the GM, and like make your voice known because you're the guy. You're, you're the guy, and it's not like they're not gonna listen to what you what you have to say because you, you can be like, all right, cool, I'm gonna go play baseball. F you guys. So they have to listen to what you have what you have to say and. Because you're you're the you're you're the guy that makes the team run. So that was him doing that was a sign of immaturity immaturity to me, and I just didn't understand it. Maybe just me being a grandpa, mm-hmm. but I just didn't. You you have the cachet to go talk to them, so go do it. Don't do it in, in the uh, in this non what what was this I forget the word I'm looking for, but. You, you can do it in a better way than doing it like this. So what you got? Mine is, did you watch that Duke and Clemson game? 
Duke and basketball? Basketball. Nah, nah, okay, nah. Okay, it was it was, and I'm not gonna even name this young man's name because he's a he's a collegiate player. But Duke, the guy uh, was playing defense. Guy from Clemson was coming up the court. He stole the ball from him, mm-hmm. and he went to dunk the ball. The guy from Clemson was running top speed and just basically tackled him and almost hurt this young man. No, come on, dog. Don't and, do that. And he only got one game suspension. I, I really thought that his scholarship almost should have been, been taken from him because if you would have saw this fall, if we can get a clip, I wish we can get a clip and show you. If you mm-hmm. saw this fall, this young man, like, I don't even know how he came away with no injuries. And was it similar from, to, like, the John Morant um, when he um... – No, it was worse than that. Because okay. the, kid, the kid from Duke went and dunked the ball, was hanging on the rim. The guy just went top speed and hit him in his, hit him in his hip while he was on the rim. He, he just fell flat on his back. And I, that's one of them situations where I'm like, man, bro, like, what, what, what the fuck is that, man? Like, yeah, we, we'd have been moving some furniture with that. And, well, you said that was the Duke player, correct? Yeah, Duke, the Duke player is the one that got – Hurt the, the guy from Clemson okay. is the one that did it because he got he got the ball stolen from him. Okay, he got the ball stolen from him, so he was upset. And he instead of instead of just getting back on defense and making a play on the other end, you went and almost basically ended this man's career. That's how bad it was. He could have ended that. Damn, that's career. that's sad because like I know I've been in situations because like I've never I didn't play basketball on the collegiate level or past high school. Like when I play one on one or like you know twenty one or whatever. Um, when I get the ball stolen and somebody's going in for like a easy layup, I'm haul ass and just to you know pin it off the backboard. I'm not trying to hurt nobody or anything like that because I'm like that's taking it too far. That's letting the moment get to you. I'm like, all right, cool. Like he played really good defense, like you said. Get back on, get back, get back on defense and go, you know, go make up for it. Don't try to jeopardize some jeopardize somebody's career because you're upset. Nah. And I do believe it should have been more than one game because – and this is me not even looking at it, and I'm going to definitely take a look at it and make a clip of it um, um, later. But if you take it that far, like, one game is not sending no message. All right, cool, he can possibly do it again or whatever. Sit him down for, for like, five, ten, make sure that he knows um, that he learns his lesson and let that be an example to – anyone across the league that this isn't going to cut it. This is this is not to the standard of us playing basketball. And even if he did get one game, the staff, the head coach, whatever, has to step in to, again, say, this isn't the way we play basketball at Clemson. This isn't how we do things. And so for in order for this young man to learn that, go sit him down for at least five games. Let him think about, the what he could have did to that young man's career. That guy could have been, and this is you not knowing that guy or from Duke, whatever. This could have messed up that guy's future, been a number one draft pick, things of that nature. Now he doesn't have that same future anymore. So let this, we're going to sit this guy down and let him think about that. And hopefully, by the time he returns, he's a better player and a better man from that suspension. That guy, he shouldn't, I'm, in my opinion, he shouldn't play another, another play. Another game this season. He, he right. come back, come back next year with we'll renew my and apologize to that man and 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 the dude. He owe he owes his teammates an apology. But that's just me though. Yeah, and I and I and this is me coming from like I've done like some messed up stuff as far as like I wouldn't even say messed up, just stuff in the heat of the moment. At the same time, I've never taken that far to intentionally hurt somebody because I did bad on the play. Like if I got pan pancaked one or whatever, I probably slapped the guy across the head or whatever or whatnot. It wasn't 
it wasn't to the extent of me trying to uh, jeopardize somebody's health. I'm like, cool, get the fuck up off me or whatever. All right, cool, I'm going to get you back next play. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to take it to the point where I'm about to dive at somebody's knees or, you know, twist somebody's arm to potentially break it or whatever. This, this stuff like that in the heat of moment, it shows that the moment is possibly too big for you. Not possibly, that it is too big for you. So, yeah, that, that type of stuff is, like, foul, man. And, and I wish that the coaching staff would have interjected themselves to possibly sit them down for more games or even, all right, cool, you're done for the season. We'll see you back, uh, see you back next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, uh, that's the show. That's the show. We, we did it in about 40 minutes. Anything you want to uh, add in or – now I'm just excited for for this super. Oh, 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 oh! We can't leave without this. Give me your predictions. Come on now. Oh, <laughs> me, you, can't, you can't leave without giving me your prediction. What you got? For all, right. all right, all right. So, so when we talked about it last week, I said it was going to be. I think it was like uh, 27-17 Bengals. And throughout the week, I was thinking about it. Like, I don't know. It, it's and then. Having looked at the Simpsons, they have predicted the Bengals to win like 38-21. I'm like, oh man, the Simpsons are never wrong. And at least at least from my viewing or whatnot. So I want I want to say for the Rams' sake, because I believe the Bengals can possibly make another run. I'm gonna say the Rams win for their sake and Matthew Stafford's sake. Um Rams win. 28, 28 18. I, I got, I got, I have the Rams winning 27, 23. Okay. 27, 23. MVP, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. MVP, I, Aaron Donald. I give the MVP to OBJ and all, all the haters and Skip Baylesses of the world and people, people who didn't have anything positive to say, saying that he was a washed up washed up form of himself is like has nothing else to say is just eating crow so no doubt we have to put this out we'll we'll revisit it next week so i can uh either i I think i'm gonna gonna get it right on the on the dot so yeah usually i'm right about super bowls and how they're gonna go and stuff because i remember watching the the falcons versus the patriots because i picked the uh patriots to win and I'm watching the game and stuff, and everybody like I'm in the house. I live. I was living in Atlanta at the time, and um, everybody in the house was celebrating stuff. Like, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl. So I'm telling like, yo, the when everybody knew that Atlanta was going to the Super Bowl, like I could not find no Atlanta merch, no Falcon merch in Atlanta, like the week of the Super Bowl. And so, um, but yeah, I'm in the house, we all chilling, about 10, 15 people or whatever, watching the game and stuff. And everybody was like. Oh yeah, the Falcons gonna win. We can't wait for the little parade and stuff. Atlanta gonna be lit. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yo, y'all are underestimating what this man, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, can do. That combo is damn near undefeated. And like, no, nah, no, nah, they washed up. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, all right, cool, cool. And then the game started getting a little closer. And the house started getting a little quieter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right, cool, but. Like I said, I'm, I'm usually not wrong about these games. Um, I feel like it's going to be a, a little bit closer than what I predicted, but hopefully it's a good game and not really a not a blowout because that's how the 
playoffs have been. They've been really good games and have come down to like the last two possessions. So, like I said, hopefully it's a good game. I feel like the Rams, for their sake, to win, but I'm not going to count the Bengals out. So, let's, let's get it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And um, one thing before we go, what's your go-to snack or go-to meal for the Super Bowl? Like, what 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 are you eating? You already know I ain't. I'm about to eat the hottest wings known to man. <laughs> I'm talking about my wings. Got to. I I want to. I want to have to take my shirt off when I eat them. <laughs> so that's what I, I'm going with. I feel you. Like if if this Super Bowl party doesn't have like a good rotel or like yeah, see that's the thing. Like. You can't really mess up wings. I mean, you can, but usually people just either they, the people who are on wings or whatever, they know what they're doing. So it's not like no BS or some stuff you just got from like the store frozen and just threw them. Or if they're like Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever. And if you like Buffalo Wild Wings, cool, but they're not the elite of wings. They're not my first choice. But I have to have some good rotel for me to sit and enjoy and relax and watch the game. Because I'm like, if I got good Rotel, then regardless of if my team is in or if they're not, I feel like I'm going to be happy. So, No doubt. No mm-hmm. doubt. <laughs> yeah, so that's the show. That's the Yo Passage Podcast. Make sure you can, you can check us out whatever you find your podcast available. Um, any closing remarks? Nah, I'm just ready to uh, gloat next week on you. <laughs> Yeah, man, I feel you. Hopefully, we won't have to talk bad about Matthew Stafford uh, next week. But, yeah, that's the podcast.